Okay, well now we got audio recording. I okay. Go, I'll go on video flow so you can see me. If you, if, if you want. Yeah. Oh, you're at home. Yep. Oh, so you're doing like a video conferencing thing at work, right? Yeah, I mean, um, I just mainly video, I mainly audio chat uh, with, and then like screen share. We kind of, uh, you know, the, the development team in India shows me. That's what the call I just got off of, where they were showing me the work they did, and um, it's like they hand it off basically. So it's like they hand it off to me and show like, hey, this is what was developed. This is what we tested to make sure that it's, you know, up to standards requirements. And then I go in and do my own testing and then I show it to the business users and then obtain approvals, upload approvals, and uh, then it's ready to go out and be released, I guess. So I'm just setting up um, a video recording now too. Uh, using the presenter, have you ever used that? Uh. <laughs> hey, can you can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Have you ever used? Have you ever recorded um, something like this before? Mm -mm. No. Me, me, me neither, but of course, um, Sahani did yesterday. Were you aware aware of that? Uh, the the one that you guys did yesterday. Yeah, me, me and Maverick. Mm -hmm. Did you check out the, that uh, video yet? Uh, I haven't checked the video. I was in it for a little bit. The um, um the audio was terrible, so I'm hoping I can do better with this. I I thought it was okay. I I didn't. I mean, um. There were times I've been seeing issues with people. Actually, okay, so you had the same issue that um, I was doing book club in Cumbtown, and uh, she had the same audio issue. It was like where her mic sounded like jittery. Uh, so I am about to turn. I have a little fan here. Let me know if this is quite okay. noisy. Okay, I put on. Also, someone someone told me yesterday I should put. Um, a wind guard on, so I got that. Nice. My mic. We'll see if that helps. Okay, how bad is that? No, it all sounds good to me. I got no issues. Do I sound okay? I'll move my mic. Yeah, I'll move my mic, my mic a little bit further away from the fan. It's kind of hard though. Okay, so you wait. No, I was talking to Prot. Do you know uh -huh. Prot? Yeah. Yeah, he's from Philly. Uh, where are you comfortable saying where you're from? Yeah. Of. Uh, so I'm from. I'm from like Southwest Missouri. Um, I live in like outside of Joplin, is what it's called. Um, not a lot to be known about it other than there was like a large tornado that like destroyed the city in like uh let's see now it's so nine years ago yeah yeah i think i remember mm -hmm. that i was i was gonna say i've i've that name rings a bell joplin i thought it had something to do with aviation but maybe it was more destruction yeah yeah that uh yeah. that tornado actually happened the day i graduated high school so 
Holy shit. What, what year was that? Uh, 2011. So. Okay. Oh, so you're, you're 19? Uh, no, I'm, oh, wait, no, I'm uh, 27 Sorry. as of now. Um, cool, cool. 28 uh, in a couple months. Okay, okay. Um, you said you said Southwest uh, Missouri. Did, mm-hmm. Was that right? Yep, Southwest Missouri. Uh, where, what direction is it to St. Louis? Uh, so it's northeast. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, St. Louis is basically on the other side of the state. I'm uh, close to closer to Tulsa, um, Oklahoma, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, now, now, do you do you have to cross the the uh, Mississippi in order to reach um, the Gateway Arch? Uh no. So yeah. No. No. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, were you into last year's Down the Cup finals? Um, a little bit, but, uh, I don't, I don't follow sports too readily. Um, not for, not for any personal, I don't, I'm not like a sports ball person either where I'm like, you know, I'm not anti-sports either. I just, uh, let's just say, let's just say for a second that you were, uh, how, how, how many hours would it take to drive to St. Louis for you? Uh, it's about four and a half, I think four and a half hours. That's, that's too far. That's way too far. (laughs) Yeah. It might be a little less. I don't. I make. I mean, I just last weekend I drove to Dallas and back from here, so that's eleven hours of driving, I think. Wait, sorry. When did you go that? When did you go to Dallas? Uh, just last weekend to move my uh, move stuff out of my apartment and move back home. So I just I moved to Dallas in February, but my work changed to remote work, so. I yeah. decided to break my lease and move back home to not pay rent and uh, pay off some loans, save some money, and uh, then make a bigger move somewhere. Yeah. So you're in your parents' house now? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, if you don't mind my asking, do you get along with them more or less? Um, lately, yes. Uh, at first, no. At first, no. it was a little <laughs> yeah. rough. Um, it's yeah. just my mother and my sister, though. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, I won't ask that. Uh, do you have many any friends left uh, where you are now? Not that many. Um, yeah. Like, I've got one best friend that lives in town. He's a uh, he has a studio and records like um and he records artists and then does videography as well um but he's extremely busy so i don't really see him that often and i'm busy too during the days so um that's kind of the the problem isn't it yeah i mean most of my other friends that do live here are like married or have children or are kind of just like they're just into their own thing. You know, it's like a natural drift, especially once you like start breaking into your late twenties, early thirties, like that happens with most of those relationships that you established in your late uh, teens, early twenties, you know, Um, it's kind of amazing how much those, those friendships dissolve after 10 years, say. 
Yeah, and it's definitely like no, there's no like ill will or like um, no. like I'm not. Um, no, I mean maybe I am a little bit like kind of, but yeah, I mean it's not for any. We didn't we didn't go apart because of any reason that was. It's just strictly related to families and jobs, you know. Yeah, I mean every, everybody gets so goddamn busy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a natural drift, I guess. That's kind of the American way, I feel like. Basically, if all, all of your waking hours aren't taken up by industry, you're considered somewhat of a slacker, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure it's entirely healthy. <laughs> Do you? No, I, I really don't. Um, I, I feel like... Um, I, I Yeah, I feel like basically kind of um, putting some type of value in, like... Uh, your life in terms of how you're contributing to the capitalist structure is like what we, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of what's beaten down into your head ever since you're a kid, you know, you're going to grow up, you're going to get a job or a career of some kind, contribute to society in some way. Have did, a you family, ever, did you ever want, did you ever watch uh, bowling for Columbine? Um, I actually didn't know. Do you ever watch South park? Yes. Now, the creator of one of the two creators of South Park, he appears in Bowling for Columbine. You know what that is, basically. It's Michael mm-hmm. Moore. Yeah. Um, and he gives this amazing analysis of exactly what you're talking about, how they beat it into your head. If you don't get an A on this test, it's going to fuck up your, your grade. You're gonna, oh, yeah. You're going to go behind and you're, it's over for you. You, you mm-hmm. need to, you to study for this test or you're fucked. And it's so crazy. And yeah, did- I, yeah, I remember like, um, man. I mean, ever since I was a kid, um, I think like even uh, like fifth grade, um, as as early as fifth grade, I remember like you know not doing well on a test and being like, my entire life is over. Like you know, I I have a you know because it's it's like it goes up the line right or so now the reasoning goes. Um, you know, you get a bad mark, so many bad marks, and that affects what college you'll get into, and that college will then determine what job you get. And, uh, you know, I I took a long break after high school, uh, partially because of the tornado. So, like, I graduated, the tornado happened. Um, so I stayed in town and worked construction for about a year and a half. Um, yeah. And just you know was partying and working construction and honestly it was uh kind of a good uh i I really enjoyed it i really enjoyed just like doing the same manual labor every day just coming to work um and then also like partying a lot too um yeah it took me like quite a few years to figure out what i wanted to do because of that like I, i had some grand scheme or idea of something I wanted to do. And then when it actually came to going about it, I had like no idea. Okay. So before the tornado hit, what kind of, um, did you envision for yourself? Um, I planned on going into medicine. Oh, like uh, what, what, what branch of medicine? I wasn't entirely sure on the exact specialty, but, um, I mean, I planned on being a doctor or like, um, I was, I think I was considering anesthesiology at the time. Um, my, the issue that arose was I, uh, 
spoke with my dad about it. So like, I guess a little bit of a background is most of my family is in medicine. Uh, my dad's oh. a doctor. Yeah, my dad's a doctor. Uh, my aunts and uncles um, on his side are pharmacists, another doctor. Um, so I just figured it was a natural progression. And I like sciences are come like very easy to me just because I'm inter- naturally interested in them. So um, that's what that's what I wanted to do. I spoke with my father about it and then looked at the costs of medical school and what would be, well, you know, how much time it would take. And, uh, you know, my father said that I needed to join the military if I wanted to pay for medical school. Holy shit. Yeah. So um, I decided against that because and I in hindsight, like I'm I'm really glad I didn't because I have friends who are now that took that path. And they're, you know, they're ending up with, without assistance, they're ending up with, you know, being close to a quarter million dollars in debt by the time they graduate. And it's also insanely competitive. Like everyone goes, like the market for people that are going to school for those types of jobs, just like doctor, lawyer, whatever, is the highest it's ever been. Uh, Because everyone is, is grasping at that especially with the economic state of everything more so than they ever were before. It's not like it was with my dad. Like my dad went to a, I don't know. It wasn't like a very well-known medical school and he got a great job. And anyways, but nowadays you got to go into the top school. You've got to be in the top 5% of the class and you might get a residency. You might get accepted into a residency program. Like it's a, and then with all that debt being guaranteed too, it's uh, I kind of feel for those people. There, some of them are really jaded about a lot of it uh, because of how much effort and money goes into it. I thought it was insane to hear that um, Barack Obama made it basically impossible for your college debt to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Like, oh. uh, I I didn't. Okay, so I didn't know that that was Obama. I thought that that just had always been a thing. Well, he certainly was not in favor of debt forgiveness for students. I think that's that's monstrous. I think that's absolutely monstrous. Yeah. No, I mean... Uh, Fuck you, buddy. Like, seriously. Yeah, he... I feel like Obama had a plan prior to... Um, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, you're right. Going into the presidency, but um, I think he quickly understood the futility of, like, how much the president can actually do in the face of, like... Uh, the constituents and like, uh, and I don't mean the constituents in terms of us. I mean the wealthy uh, constituents that kind of, you know, they control what the president does to a degree. And if he if he had any fucking balls, he could stand. He would stand up to them. But since he's a fraud and a phony and a fake, and it was always about the vanity of the office, that's why he didn't really give a shit. Well, I truthfully believe that they like that something will happen if if someone was to actually like go full on like 100% and oppose some of these interests that something would happen to uh get them out of power in some way. And I mean this is, you know, I know it, it breaches into conspiracy territory. I don't really go either way in terms of skepticism and conspiracy theories, but like from what I understand, we have been visited by um extraterrestrials and they tend to prefer the planets they they visit to be a little warmer 
So I, th I think that basically they they these guys love the engines of industry to be running hot rather than cool, and they want us to be very very busy with our lives, so they can enjoy a more favorable climate when they visit to repair their spaceships. Okay, uh, where do they where do they repair their spaceships? Uh, it's called Dogbone Lake in Nevada. Okay, so do you know about like uh, Dolce Base too? Then I haven't read about that though. Okay. Well, there's like supposed to be, you know, that's one of the theories is that there, and I, I mean, um, I don't really, um, about the use of them, I would disagree with, but the theory that there's a lot of vast underground bases in Nevada is plausible just because of the ge uh, geological components of like what the makeup of Nevada is. Um, like it's pretty static, right? Probably. Right. Yeah. And there's like a lot of room for there to be massive underground caverns. Um, if you look at like some of the coordinates of like where um, like Roswell is and like where Jeffrey Epstein's ranch is <laughs> and where like Dolce base is supposed to be. Um, Dolce, is, means, Dolce means sweet, doesn't it? In Italian. Yeah. It's well here. It's Dolce. It's D O L. Let me see. I think it's D O L C. -E. Uh -oh. Okay. So I think Dolce. Yeah, I think it's D U in Italian. So. Small difference. No, it's D-U-L-C-E. Okay, that's and sweet. Yeah, it's supposed to be under the Archuleta Mesa, so it's under the Colorado-New Mexico border. But it kind of, like, it's also really close to there as well. And it's supposed to be massive. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's there? We're not allowed to go there, so... Yeah, sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah, one thing. I basically read this account of this one guy who worked there at Dogbone Lake. He was, he was kind of like a liaison between the U.S. military and the, the tall whites. Um, one thing I remember stands out was that the tall whites, they're an interest, interesting bunch of guys. They're not scary particularly. It, unless you bring something bad to the equation yourself. Uh, they're reasonable human beings. Anyway, they were insistent that this liaison uh, would be allowed to share his story, and he wouldn't be shut up. So I think that's kind of interesting that they have um, that sort of ethical sense about freedom of information, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they don't they don't want to be cover up. They're like, we're cool. Don't you, don't you guys think we're cool? <laughs> like, why mm -hmm. do you want why do you want to hide us from the world? Like we understand you're a little afraid of us. Uh, you know, you have good reasons to be, but uh, we're not that bad once you get to know us. That's kind of the, the, the sense that I got. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that they live to be about eight or nine, eight or 900. Um, apparently. Are these the grays or uh, the tall whites is what the, what I kept hearing them as they're, they, they could grow to be like eight or nine feet tall, actually, too. So are they okay? Okay, okay, okay. So um, this is like fun. Um, so this actually like ties into uh, one of the theories of. Um, so you've read like biblical accounts of um, like the Anunnaki. Uh, the Anunnaki were supposed to be like a race of people that were were like descendants of gods. So they were like almost like demigod type figures that were 
present in like the early Old Testament, so supposed to be like pre-antiquity. They were like you described. They were supposed to be like between like seven and nine feet tall. Um, they were like polydactyl, like they had like uh, multiple fingers. Um, you mean like us? additional fingers? No, polydactyl in terms of like they had um, they had like an extra digit. Cats have yeah. Uh, cats have polydactyl. Yeah, you'll, you've seen polydactyl cats, I'm sure, where they have like more than five uh, little digits. digits. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and they were. I, I don't know. I mean, like in many cases, some of the like uh, things that talk about them say that they're usually evil, um, or they don't really like have. They're either evil or they don't have a good or bad purpose. Um, sorry, sorry. They're either evil or what? Yeah, and they're evil, or they are usually doing something on their own bidding. Like it's not really they're not here for any uh, type of benevolent purposes. Yeah, well, we're but, all we're all looking after our own in, our own interests, right? That's nothing nothing too special. Yeah, and so I'm reading about these. So yeah, they're outlined mainly. Sorry, it's not biblical. It's uh, Sumerian texts is the, okay. are the ones that talk about the. Okay. Did you ever see Prometheus, by the way? Uh, I did, yeah. You did not? I did, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yes, kind of kind of related to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I understand. So wait, are, are UFOs confirmed now at this point? Well, I mean, each each of us believes, or each of us has read and seen and heard what we have seen and heard. So there is no total consensus. There's just what you think and what I think, and we work it out between us, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I used to think no, there wasn't. I, I had this conviction that no, we were alone. But then I read this. Uh, I saw this one article like maybe five or six years ago, which led me down a little bit of a garden path to this what i was talking about this this guy who'd served in i think in the korean war and he he had a pretty strong catholic faith and that is what basically saved him like a lot of the liaisons they had to be executed by the paul whites they kind of burned them with ray guns or something but, but this because this guy had had a profound experience watching his friend die in uh korea he had a little more leeway psychologically for unusual things. I think. I think his I think his friend sacrificed himself so that he could live. Perhaps. Yeah. Also, this guy uh, he published an account of everything he'd seen and heard and done in uh, Nevada, and sent a copy of it to the Vatican, and the Vatican was like, "Yep." Yep, we'll add this to our collection. This is nothing we don't know already. So, um, yeah, so that, I mean, that what I'm wondering is, like, uh, are any of these areas, are they, they're all, like, federally owned, I guess. So, like, you know, they're all, like, fenced off. You can't go there. Yeah, I, there was one scary incident this guy had where, I forget what it was, but something was going down, and he knew that he had to get off the base ASAP. And so he was driving real quick towards the gate. And he knew that if he flipped his vehicle or went off the road, he was done for. 
And so we had to f- walk that fine line between get the fuck out of here and don't, you know, don't go too fast. Cause you're, yeah, like, you'll arouse yeah. suspicion. Yeah. No, no, no. I, um, I'm not sure if he was being cheated. Something, something unusual was going down. It was not a good place to be. And you need to get off there right away. Like he hadn't done anything wrong, but something was going on. I forget what it was. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, it's a um. There's men, men and women of the of the tall whites. There's you know, it's not just unisex. And the women apparently liked going to Las Vegas to look at the dresses and such. That that was, that was fun. So like, can they conceal themselves or? Well, they're they're basically. Uh, I've heard them described as being beautiful, so it's not like people are necessarily alarmed when they see them. Uh, they're obviously humanoid. Uh, I imagine they have hair. I didn't actually don't imagine. Yeah, they probably have hair. You know, um, I guess there's a lot of weird people in Vegas to begin with, so maybe it's not too unusual. Right. Yeah. Uh, another event happened where uh, like a U.S. Uh, high-ranking general was like walking down some steps in front of a building with one of the tall whites, like an older older lady. And he thought that she was going to stumble and hurt herself. And so he reached out to grab her, basically. But um, she knew what she was doing. She was not going to fall. And so she gave him a, a little shock with one of his devices or with her device, like a shock collar kind of thing. Like, and she said, do you think I'm, do you think I'm a fool? A little bit of a sense of sense of humor there. I'm looking at this, uh, Forbes article where Iran is saying that the tall whites control America. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, basically I, like how could someone be such a faggot as Barack Obama? There's something going on behind the scenes, I think. Yeah. Um, what was? Um, I mean, there was like an instance that's uh, kind of interesting about Obama, where he he tried to pass a bill that uh, threatened the. Like it basically threatened the flow of dark money into like campaign and not just campaign finance, but lobby, lobby, lobbyist finance in general. Um, and it's it's like a it's it's not a tangible amount of money that we can know because it's, uh, you know, it's obscured, but it is funneled through uh, by the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce manages it. And Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, I mean, um, and there is like one account you can see, I think, where they talk about it. But one of the like um, head lobbyists that would have been affected by this, that was working with the Chamber of Commerce, like said that in reference to this bill that Obama was trying to pass, said that um, when he did try to pass it, they basically said in off the record that um they said, like, what did, what's, uh, what did we say to Libya before we, like, killed Gaddafi? Um, it's like all, all hands are off the well, table or all offers are on the table. Something like that. It's some type of newspeak. Um, you, you know what Gaddafi was doing, um, though, right? 
Well, I mean, he he forfeited his nuclear weapons program, or basically. Oh no, 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 no! That was not the trigger. The trigger was he was bombing protesters with like jets. Yeah. Like he was he had fighter jets like drop bombs on people who were uprising. That's like that's like so fucking sick. I mean, it is, but at the same time, like. I mean, the reason that we were able to invade or we were able to take full action was that we found that, you know, Gaddafi surrendered his weapons program and we found out that his weapons program was nothing. And that means that, you know, and we him doing that and us going in and following up to just slaughter him was it did make it. No, 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 no. We didn't slaughter. Well, I mean, but we facilitated it. I mean, you know. No, no, no. All we did, all we did, was we enforced a no-fly zone over Libya, so they couldn't bomb the protesters anymore, and then the protesters took care of the rest. But I mean, it was a a case for other nations that have weapons programs to never surrender your weapon weapons program to the U.S. I mean, uh, you know, I I heard this one story about Gaddafi. He basically wanted to have sex with this this guy's wife and the guy wasn't too happy about that as you might imagine and you know what he did to that guy do you want to know what he did what did he do he tied him between two trucks and had the trucks pull pull him apart damn king shit that's pretty nice. did he did he that's... get did he have sex too from that i guess well i think probably he would be so into the whole spectacle of tearing this guy in half that he would no longer be thinking about when you think with his dick, maybe though. I mean, sex and death. You, it's like one, one or the other, usually. Well, I don't know. In the case of uh, a lot of famous murderers, uh, I think they go hand in hand, right? You know, um, but you can't literally kill someone and fuck them at the same time. That's true. Think. That's true. It's usually one or the other. It happens. You're either fucking them figuratively, or you're. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah, where were we? I, I don't even I don't even know. It just trailed off. Um, um, basically, we went from dark money to Libya and Gaddafi. Yeah, and then before that, it was aliens, and before that, it was uh, something with my life. But um, oh, uh, oh yeah, basically, um, American in- industry and everybody has to stay fucking busy all their fucking life. And I I I gave the theory. Uh, Basically, because the tall whites would prefer our planet to be warmer, so they can be a little more comfortable while they're getting their ships repaired. Yeah, I mean, and and even if it isn't, I mean, there is also like uh, plenty of other reasons to. Um, I think that you know when people aren't working, they're allowed to kind of focus on the finer details of uh, why things are the way they are, why uh, why a system is ran the way it is, what is the meaning of us really, like, well, I mean, you know, the me- the inherent meaning in life. Um, people, you know. say, people say that you're lazy when you don't have any job to do, but I tell you, man, the real work, the, it's, it's hard work when you're just left to your own devices with the voices in your head. Yeah, telling you, telling you things you don't want to hear. That's that's hard. That's not easy at all. No, no, it's, like, it's really not. It's a lot. It's a complete lie to say that you're somehow a slacker 
because you're you're kind of going through some angst. Like that's not fun. Like don't pretend, right. don't pretend it's fun. And plus, you know, you're also in a lot of cases when you left your own devices, you can turn to um, a lot uh, yeah. of mechanisms to cope with that. Um, you know, yeah. and some of that might be online communities. Uh, you know, like uh, 4chan or whatever. You know, and that can uh, breed a lot of like toxic mindsets and um you know you get a lot of people i have you seen that what the documentary their face one no gf um, yes yes um, yeah, Le- i mean Le- leany recommended it. i i watched it uh a couple weeks ago because i was bored i didn't have anything to do and so i did and yeah i thought and then the next day uh anna and dasha had um can't bot on so I listened to that too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like kind of, um, I, that's, that's part of, I guess, you know, I found it really interesting and it resonated with me because I spent uh, many years on uh, message boards, probably from my like junior year of high school until um, probably the time I decided to finally go back to school. And get stuff together. I never was like an incel or anything, but... um, Was that mostly 4chan or what? uh, It was 4chan, yeah, mainly. And then then Reddit, some Kiwi farms. I mean, I think maybe something awful at the very beginning, but... Me too, um, me too. Yeah. Uh, How many hours a day would you typically spend on that kind of form? Um, when I was needing really hard, it was pretty much like all hours of the day. If I wasn't yeah. gaming, um, yeah. you know, that I was awake at least. What's, what's your favorite game of all time? I don't really enjoy video games. Uh, my favorite video game experience was, um, Halo 3 multiplayer when I was in high school. Um, nice. especially like the competitive, I, yeah. I like competitive games. So yeah, like the high ranks, um, just any any mode like SWAT, MLG, uh, snipers. Um, did you ever do this? Did you ever do the, the story mode for Halo Three? Yeah. Uh huh. Of course. Did yeah. You, yeah. Did you do that with a friend? Um, I did a few times. Yeah. I mean, um, there were also like certain things to get that were related to like armor and stuff that you wore. Uh, so of course I'd do that with uh, different friends, and you know. It can be a lot of fun, especially when you're in the same room as the person. Yeah, so we did LAN parties as well in high school. Um, uh, so I had a couple friends that were also really into competitive gaming. One of them was going to MLG tournaments um, back when MLG was first starting. So a lot of us were like semi-serious about it, and we played like, you know, I mean, I spent like an entire summer I think, playing did you ever play Counter-Strike Global Offensive? I didn't. That was like the natural progression that I was supposed to get into. But by that time, I kind of stopped um, stopped game, gaming as much. That game can be kind of fun and interesting. I used to play it quite a lot, but but last five years, not much. Like once in a blue moon, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, out, but outside of that, I played League a lot. Um, Sorry, oh, League of, League of Legends, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't play it anymore, really. I I don't really have an interest in uh, gaming like I used no. to. No, I just I, I just thought I'd check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've been trying to spend my time elsewhere, um, but a lot of it's been re relegated to Discord. So, Discord um, is pretty amazing, I think. I I mean, you know, it, it's I don't know. I'm I'm still deciding that. I mean, it, it's it's nice right now because uh, I don't really have a lot of uh, interaction with people, so uh, it gives me. It's kind of a weird uh, intermediary where it's not quite like IRL interaction, but it's also not it's not as detached as say uh, face, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter are, where you're just you know you're mindlessly scrolling, maybe upvoting, maybe commenting, um, but you know this is more. It's a dialogue, you know. You're actually talking I mean, when you when you can see each other's faces and hear each other's voices. That's like a big deal, right? You know. And it does, and it really does break down um, when you're typing in text, and especially from either from anonymously, like my Facebook, for instance, is like it's not my real name. Like all my friends on Facebook aren't my IRL friends. Like it's you know. But when you're doing that, when I'm doing that, it's you're like subsuming another identity. And like it allows you to just um, be crazy, you know. Like you just you say uh, you say stuff that you never would in an IRL interaction. Um, you know, you you get to kind of be whoever you want. Uh, this is like, I mean, this is just across the internet. Um, but I feel like there is something damaging in uh, doing that, like constantly being in that posting mode, uh, posting brain mode, where you're. Uh, I don't know. You're, I mean, you're doing things. It doesn't have to be for likes, but you are. It, it, it's it's something that is completely detached from and in, in and in real life interaction. Um, yeah, I think and, you can. I think you can really fry your brain when all you're doing is reading text and writing text. That kind of yeah. That's not natural, you know. No, it's really not. Um, that's that's like been a big goal of mine with Quar is basically getting back into reading and retraining my brain to get off of. Uh, some psychologists referred to it as like, uh, it's like blip reading uh, yeah. or not. They said that, but it's what you do. And I mean, I've noticed it is that now when I read large blocks of text, I find myself, I find it very hard to focus and actually digest a, a large block. I, I tend to jump around. I'll jump and look for keywords and string them together to form a coherent <laughs> sentence. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's from, you know, reading, uh, it's from character limits. It's from post titles and <laughs> from scrolling. You just bounce around. You're constantly jumping around. It's almost like a weird form of learned uh, ADHD or autism that you get from. Yeah, it just, it really does re rewire your brain a certain way. Which isn't entirely good for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I've been getting better about it. I've been reading more. Um, do, you, do you like movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what are what are a few of your a few titles that come to mind when you think of your favorite movies? <sighs> My favorite movies. Um... Do you like Fight Club? Um. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I feel like it's a it's a common favorite. I'm trying to think of like ones that I actually um, like that aren't. Let's see, like Constant Gardener. Um, trying to think of some favorites. Did you see Mad Max Fury Road? 
I did one time. In theater or at home? At uh, I'm trying to remember now. It's been it's been some years. I think I did see it in theater. Um, what were your feelings? I mean, I enjoyed it. It was um, uh, you know, it's like visually appealing. Um, did, did you did you use the 3D glasses? No, I I actively avoid 3D movies. I I do the same normally, but for that, it was good. For that, yeah, was- that's right. You know, it's like it's the ones where they properly like film it skip yeah 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 mm-hmm. now that, that that had some impressive visual 3d effects oh my god you wouldn't believe yeah that's cool um I feel like okay sorry, go ahead no i mean i i think it's kind of funny uh like the concept of like um you know there are some movies that i would go and see like primarily just for the visual aspect and nothing else. like there's this one movie. Uh, it's with Cara Delevingne in it. It's like a space movie. Uh, oh, um, it's, Luke Besson, um, um, Valerian. Yes, and so like uh, script, like story, character writing, anything else, awful, just horrible acting. Um, no, 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 no. He has a he has a very very different sensibility. Being from France, once okay. you, once you understand or once you get comfortable with that sensibility, then it's not so bad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, the acting at least was um, bad on some fronts. I think Cara Delevingne's a horrible actress, but <laughs> um, the the world building um, yeah. and yeah. the and the visuals were just like, oh, it's great. I I went and saw that in theater. It was an empty theater too, which is like like the best. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> is when I go in and it's an empty theater and it's nighttime and I'm just sitting there just wait just, uh, yeah. soaking it in. Do you mean there was literally nobody in there but you? Yeah, there was nobody in there. Yeah, I don't think uh, I've ever had that, but I've been close. Yeah, and um, remember in Valerian that chase scene in the in the desert with that that big monster? Yeah, uh-huh. that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like that's a movie where I guess from a critical standpoint, you know, people would not would dislike, but. Um, was still enjoyable like i could still find um some things i liked about it which maybe is a as a consequence of just getting older i think i've yeah. come to like appreciate things in a different way or people, become more yeah you go. people can be so proud of how much they hate a movie and they need, they need to understand like you are cheating yourself by being so sure of of your opinion like just just imagine if you will, like this movie didn't suck shit. Just imagine maybe you could actually fucking enjoy it and not be a complainer. Like what kind of, what kind of life would you be leading if, if you could enjoy movies on a regular basis? If you weren't so mm-hmm. stuck on being a critic and a snark master and like dissecting things like just chill out and try to try to open yourself up a little bit more to like a different point of view and maybe yeah might, might maybe maybe just maybe maybe a chance you might actually have a better time both with movies and in your life in general you know yeah and i mean i think it i think that speaks to a a broader like a broader set of um of topics you know um and it's like coming of age you know it with not just with movies you know i find this with like um music 
political viewpoints. Um, I mean, pretty much anything. Like I've I've found ways to like I think when I was younger, I was like very like set and uh, you know in doing that type of stuff, being like uh, very proud of this one subset of things that I'm into. Anything that's not that doesn't conform to this is uh, bad, wrong, stupid, dumb, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, as I've gotten older, I've I've definitely like found ways to and not even and trying to go out and not just uh, ironically appreciating it either, but just actually like finding what someone likes about that and then appreciating. They, yeah, like like certainly I I was guilty of that myself too. I just want to just want to make that clear. But then I kind of um, I saw a movie called Reality Bites about slackers in the nineties. It's uh, mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, Winona Ryder, and uh, yeah. Ben Stiller. Anyway, long story short, um, I read Roger Ebert's review of it, and he said that the Ethan Hawke character was a prig, P-R-I-G. So I looked, I looked that up and what that was, and what I saw was kind of like, oh my God, I'm a prig. And I kind of, I began to understand my own dysfunctional psychology. So what is a prig? Oh, okay. I'm going go to go to Wikipedia. I actually help, helped write the article there. Uh, it inspired you after seeing that. Uh, well, you, I mean, you... my, my field of choice is basically psychology. So um, if, it's, if, it, if it provides insight into why we do the things we do, I'm, I'm interested. Okay, this is, this is just short. Um, a prig is a person who shows an, an inordinately zealous approach to matters of form and propriety especially where the prig has the ability to show superior knowledge to those who do not, do not know the protocol in question. They see little need to consider the feelings or intentions of others, uh, relying instead upon established order and rigid rules to resolve all questions. The prig approaches social interactions with a strong sense of self-righteousness. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of the introduction. Yeah. yeah. I think that was me when I was younger. Um, yeah. I mean, I still am young, but um, yeah. I definitely like was that way. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. It's not. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody around you. It's. It's just being a piece of shit, basically. Yeah, I mean, like it is uh, inherently kind of narcissistic, um, you know, because like you are getting some kind of satisfaction over uh, owning someone over their lack of knowledge or insight into something or your superior like uh knowledge in that the funny thing is though it's it's actually you yourself who are lacking the knowledge of like social graces and like right and like understanding and like humanity basically yeah and empathy yeah can you be a fucking human being instead of like showing off your your discernment for a second that's like try Mm -hmm. for five seconds maybe maybe like it you know you never know yeah Cool. I think I think that's some uh, good some good content that people might actually be willing to pay money for. What we just said there. What do you, yeah. What do you yeah. I I mean yeah. I mean that's um, you know I I think that like um, I don't know. I I mean I, and I it's it's really strange too because like what this whole point what this goes back to and like what your outlook of what the older generation or older people is when you're younger is that you you think the opposite you think that things will trend towards being more stuck in your ways being more um 
more rigid as you grow older. Uh, that's how you view, that's how you view older people, or maybe that's how your parents were. And I don't know if it is a generational thing or if it is just natural where, um, you know, me and you both and I, everyone else I talk to that's around my age or a little older has had similar experiences where they say that as they grow older, they become more understanding, more open to um, basically not not being this uh, kind of person, you know, like a prig. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Although there's certainly um, some, sometimes you'll meet like a cool, a cool grandma or a cool aunt who's like really fun loving and stuff. That's, that's always nice. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. 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 Moms in general, moms are just great to talk to sometimes. They're, they're, uh, they care so much. And uh, there are, there are such a thing as narcissistic moms too, though, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, gonna, I'm gonna I don't have that up. issue, but I'm what are you going to do? I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, perhaps we'll just wrap this up now. Okay, that's fine. It's nice 40, 45 minutes, basically. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we'll talk later and do a round two or something. Uh, this has been fun. Thank you for, for uh, talking with me. Yeah, thanks, for uh, Anik. You having yeah, a good morning sure. here? Oh, wait, it's not, not morning in St. Louis, is it? Uh, well, it's about almost noon now, so okay. I'm going to take a small lunch and yeah. then um, probably get back to work. I've got... About four or five more hours of work to do. So, oh, you got you got some real some real tasks to get to get on, right? Not really. I mean, no. I'm just I'm working ahead right now, kind of. It's okay. not crunch time yet, so. No. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you around then, man. Yeah, I'll see you. Okay. Bye. Yep. See ya. Yeah, the garbage down here. No. You have to figure out where you're going to put all this stuff like